Last week, it came out that Hockey Canada had built a multi-million dollar fund from minor league registration fees that helped to pay for settlements of alleged sexual assault. As the organization finds itself steeped in controversy surrounding that case, parents and minor league associations have a lot of questions of their own. One of the issues to emerge is the transparency of Hockey Canada's equity fund. What is that fund all about? Where's the money going? Teresa Bailey is the founder of Canadian Hockey Moms, which boasts over 40,000 members. She's also the author of the book, Hockey Moms, The Heart of the Game. Let's welcome her to the program. Good morning, Teresa. Hi there. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us so early on a Sunday morning. So when parents pay fees for their, say, 14 or 15-year-old in a high-performance system, are they told exactly where those fees go? Well, it would differ in every organization, actually, because some fees would cover um, all of your extras, all of your tournaments, other fees have other associations would have fundraising fees. So you would have a general idea of where the fees went, and you always know that the insurance portion and the registration portion would be going to um, Hockey Canada to cover your insurance. But then the communication of what that looks like at Hockey Canada, that we don't know that. And then the communication of what the budget would look like within each team or each organization would be a little bit different. Okay, so a parent, for example, wouldn't get specifics on what the aspect uh, or which portion of what goes to Hockey Canada, where that would be divvied up and how that would be used. Is that what you're saying? Not necessarily. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so I guess a lot of people are wondering why don't, when that's the case, why don't parents question where the funds go? And, and do, you think, do you think it's a parent's responsibility to have to do that? Well, I think it's it's a little bit of a complex um, answer because um, I think that parents assume that it's going to the right places to facilitate the ability of their kids to participate in hockey. There yeah. are lots of different things that are taken, taking place. Um, our communication, parents are, are directed to communicate with their association. So there's all, a bit of a hierarchy everywhere. And I'm speaking from an Ontario perspective. And I'm assuming that it would be similar in other cases. I've asked moms this, and it seems to lay out uh, in a similar way. But your first step would be your own executive. And um, I know that there have been instances where you're not encouraged to go further up to your local association, which would be a provincial or regional association. And why is that? And they would, uh, it's, it's just the way it's set up. It's, um, it, they tr- there has been a change I've noticed through my involvement with executives in um, in the last couple of years that they're saying that we're trying to be open and we're trying to listen to people, and I'm talking about at a regional or provincial level. However, the communication is always directed towards um, your, your executive, and how that's dealt with depends on an individual executive, and what it looks like moving forward depends on the relationship of what the leadership in an executive has with the association. Uh, in my experience, there is not a whole lot of communication from that level to directly to Hockey Canada. I see. You mentioned hierarchy there, which also suggests a certain degree of gatekeeping, I'd say. Um, in terms of pressing the executive, do you think that there's a culture of it being intimidating or gauche in some way to ask for that kind of accounting from the executive to press them on it? Is it discouraged? Uh, it, 
I I really do think it depends on where you are. I've been the president of a small association, and I think that we tried to do a good job around transparency there. I've been member. I've been an executive on other associations where I can say firsthand it is very strongly discouraged, and there can be repercussions. So that parents are very unlikely to speak up in some instances because parent cuts are a very real thing, and. Myself being here talking about this, even, you know, you don't want to become that parent who is the one asking questions. And the only reason that I'm able to do that now is because I'm not directly attached to any minor hockey association in an executive level. And if you were, what would be the concern there? So you said that you wouldn't want to be that kind of a parent. Uh, uh, what would be the concern? Why, why wouldn't you want to be? You wouldn't want to be a parent who asks questions because um, you don't want to be the parent causing problems on a team. Right. The the, um, repercussions come down to who is coaching, whether or not they're going to take your child. Volunteer positions are hard, right? Like there, there are all sides of this. That's why I'm saying it's a complex problem because... I'm telling you the very worst of it, but there are also a lot of good things that happen too. But there are, um, there are coaches who take on these volunteer roles. And if you do have a challenging parent and it's not necessarily a justified reason, it can be a real energy drain for them and, and poor for the culture of the team. On the other side, it's, um, there can be really legitimate questions that need to be asked. And I'm not sure that people always understand the difference. I think hockey is a pretty homogeneous group. And, um, and asking change is hard in a structure like that. So I think it's a very complex issue and, and that needs to be looked at by asking more questions, as I, I think is happening now. Yeah. And do you think some parents might be concerned about being vocal for how it might come back to their own kid? Oh, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. When we talk about parent cuts, that's what we mean. Your, your kid gets cut because you as a parent are a problem in the association. And that, I would say, I think people would agree with me that that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I realize you don't want to comment on the case, so that totally aside, how can an institution, do you think, that's misled or, or masked the, the purpose of funds it's collected, how can they fix their problem with, with that kind of deceit? Well, I think, you know, we hear about the, the, the funds that exist. And I think that, again, we have to ask more questions because from a risk management perspective, I would think that having a fund to pay some things that were not covered by, um, not covered by insurance would make sense for the sustainability of an organization. Like there are things that might fall out around injuries or traveling to or from games, whatever it is. Okay. But I think that there needs to be more questions around accountability, how that's managed, what types of um, what types of events or issues can be covered, and who actually knows about that. Because I, for me, that's the issue. We didn't know that was happening. We don't really know um, what that looks like. There's a little bit of information around what might be covered um, around those types of charges on uh, Hockey Canada website. But I, I think that there just needs to be more information around that. And that would be the first step. And I also do think that um, training at an executive level, like a minor hockey executive level, would be really important because I don't know that people always understand the responsibilities they're taking on. Um, You get all different people in those roles. Some are familiar with how to run associations and be open to feedback, and other people just aren't. So I think that's part of it too.
Okay. Well, thank you so much for being with us this morning. My pleasure.